change, that would be great. And uh, it's been a little different the last couple of weeks, if you've been at church. Uh, and so just expect the unexpected. It's going to be a bit of a different service today. Um, you know what I need to do? I need to come up here to James, because he hasn't done anything wrong. But uh, we need to put this in. Do-do-do. That's right, just click on the PowerPoint again and it'll work now. My little magic stick. So, you can follow along with our service today as well for those visiting if you want to. You're actually allowed to use your phones, tablets, iPads, whatever in church if you want to. Uh, All the notes for today's message are going to be available to you by going to vineyardcc.org. Our new people, you can go on there and connect with us if you want to as well. But if you want the notes... You go to that web address, you swipe along once to latest message and in there you'll find notes for today's service and you can make your own notes in there and then at the end email it to yourself. So that's a little bit tech savvy, isn't it? But that's cool. All right, you got to clap along. It's Christmas. Come on, everybody. We're a happy, clappy church, so they say. <laughs> All right. You just got to get in the Christmas festive, you know, the... The message that you can stop now. Okay, you're committed now. I see what you're doing. Okay, cool. So, uh, Merry Christmas to me is the series uh, that we're looking at today um, and for the last couple of weeks. And next Sunday will be my last in the series. So, I hope you've been enjoying it. You've been having a bit of fun? All right, I'm going to take a quick poll before we start. It's a little bit interactive. So, you can only vote once, remember, in each poll. Like, don't be that person, oh, yeah, I like that, and I like that. Uh, This is democratic... Uh, policy is followed with one vote per head okay so what I want to ask you is Christmas cookies should they be chocolate chip or gingerbread who wants chocolate chip who thinks chocolate chip is the way to go okay okay I thought there'd be a few more chocoholics gingerbread oh by far the winner gingerbread okay brilliant no worries the next one is um, Christmas ornaments should they be homemade or store-bought so homemade (laughs) no no store-bought Yeah, okay, well and truly the winner there. That saves a lot of time, doesn't it, to buy it at the store. And that's okay. Uh, What about this? Christmas on the beach, you either want it or you hate it. Who wants it? Christmas on the beach. Okay, so there might be a few more. I like the beach because I I shared a few weeks ago or last week that I love the beach. It's where I grew up most of my years on the sunny coast. Who hates it? No beach for me. Sand in every orifice. You know, (laughs) okay, people don't like it. Okay, the next one. Uh, this is very controversial. Uh, the first four are grouped as one. So Dancer, Dasher, uh, Comet, Blitzen, or Rudolph. So who votes for Dancer, Dasher, Comet, Blitzen? But what do you like the most? And, and who votes for Rudolph? And there are some sitting on the fence. They're not really voting because they don't understand the question, but that's okay. And my last one today, Christmas tree, real, Granite Bell Christmas farm, free plug, or fake? Uh, so who goes for the real tree? Real tree? Okay. Fake tree. See, I thought fake would have gotten a bit more because you all went for store-bought ornaments. So you're happy to go get a real tree, but you want fake ornaments on it. Okay, all right. No, that makes complete sense. Yeah. No, I'm with, I'm with people that are total common sense. All right, today, uh, I want to um, have a fight in church. Okay? <laughs> so we're going to have a fight. Who came to church for a fight today? Nobody. You're, you're all very nervous. You're like, what's he talking about? Here's what's going to happen. I'm splitting the room right here. Hello, camera. 
you can't play along at home, unfortunately, but right here. So this side of the room are a team, okay? And this side of the room, that includes you, Beck. you are all a team, okay? Now, here's what you're about to do. Right? Everyone doesn't have to do something, so everyone breathe and, re- and say, relax. What your teams need to do is... You- <laughs> well, that could still happen. Uh, so uh, we're going to engage in the great Christmas debate of 2020 at Vineyard Christian Church. And this is a very serious debate. So this side of the room are going to debate for real tree. So you are going to have an argument that you think real trees are the way to go, okay? This side of the room is going for fake tree. So put aside your personal preferences, because I know everyone voted differently just before, but you need to come up with an argument for fake tree. Here's how it works. You're going to get two minutes up on the screen. There's going to be music playing. Maybe bring it down so people can talk over the music. You need to do this in two minutes. You need to nominate one spokesperson for your team, okay? So one of you has to get up and do the talking. As a team, you need to come up with your debate. Here's how a good debate works, okay? I remember from my school days. Introduction, body, conclusion. So you need to, you need to have an introduction where you say, uh, uh, we're debating this topic today. And then your body is like two or three points, that you, the reasons why you believe that. And then your conclusion is summing up your argument, okay? So there you go. You just had a quick lesson on how to do a debate. So I'm going to give you two minutes. And uh, someone just escaped for the toilet. That that, that was was very strategic. But that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I'm going to give you two minutes. So you need to get together. So that means you need to move probably and just, you know, maybe huddle. Look, COVID safe huddles and, uh, and, and talk about your argument. And then the person that gets up is going to have about a minute. We'll time it. Well, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute to present their side of the debate. Okay, ready? Go. Be quick, because two minutes goes by fast. The humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morning. No. I said, you don't need to touch anything, James. All right, your two minutes starts now. Don't touch anything until the service is over. Is he your spokesperson? He sounds very convincing. Hello. It's a bit different, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Who, who, who's the spokesperson over here? Who's going to speak over here? Sue. Okay. Sue didn't ever get a chance. Everybody stood up and Sue doesn't mind. You're going to have to smash Jan. Jan's their spokesperson. Battle of the ladies. Battle of the behemoths. Can I say behemoths or is that a bit rude? 
Yeah, he... Sorry, it's not that kind of debate. UFC fight. We need we need a net. We need like an octagon. Imagine that. How good is that? All right, 15 seconds. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Final five, four, three, two, one. Okay. All right, so each spokesperson can come up. And uh, so, Jan, I believe that's you. Sue, I think that's you. Too late to take notes. You've had two minutes. It's done. You've got to remember them all now. This is it. Okay. So you're, what, what are you debating again? You're We're for the real, real tree, fake tree. Um, in all fairness and everything at youth is decided by scissors, paper, rock. So we need to do that uh, to see who goes first. Oh. So uh, go. Scissors, paper, rock. Okay, so you lose. Do we do best two out of three? Yeah. All right, best two out of three. Try again. Ready? Scissors, paper, rock. Oh, <laughs> lose. Okay, so you're first. Um, and you can use this. And you need to stand at the pulpit, and you need to... I'm going to time it. Hang on, because I can... I think I can do a timer on this. I don't know. James Bond. Okay. H hello, what are you saying? Yeah. No, no, no. It's all right. Okay, ready, and one minute starts now. Okay, we're debating whether a fake tree is um, better than a real tree at Christmas. Well, the fake tree has um, many advantages in that... Um, one, well, God created trees, those beautiful trees out there. And if you go cutting down these trees, well, it's just not necessary and it's just for a decoration, then you throw it out and uh, that's the end of that beautiful tree that's been there for years growing that God put in the ground. So we're adding real meaning to this in that a fake tree, you can, you're not damaging the environment, you can reuse it year after year, um, doesn't do anybody harm, stops family arguments. Uh, what else was it? Best shapes. They're well balanced. They look good. Uh, they're almost perfect. And no mess. Five, four, three, Allergies free. Two, there you go. One. Well done. Give her a hand. That was brilliant. All right, so there's some advantages to going second because you may like have a bit oh, of re yeah. rebuttal. We didn't talk about rebuttal. Um, so you, even though you lost quite convincingly scissors, paper, rock, you now may have the advantage. So your minute, your minute starts now. So we're debating why real Christmas trees are the deal for Christmas, yeah? Um, so firstly, the environment. Everybody's talking about the environment these days. You know what? Fake trees... They have to be trucked. They use, you know, probably use petroleum. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> I've got a minute. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the real, t real trees, oh my gosh. You know, I grew up and we used to use gum trees. Nobody said you have to use a pine tree. You could use a gum tree and have an authentic, richy ditch Aussie Christmas. Come on. You know? Um, <laughs> You've got the smell, oh my goodness, the beautiful smell of a Christmas tree. We can support Christmas farm, yeah, local business, hello, shop local. Um, you, you know, we, it's a family Five, outing to go and four, buy the Christmas three, tree. Three, we, you know, look, it's one. just more Jesus Christmas because <laughs> there was no, or no fake trees at Christmas time when <laughs> Jesus was born. Amen. Preach it, sister. 
I don't know. I'd... Who won? Who won? I didn't have adjudicators. <laughs> I think everybody wins. Give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> All right. Whether you prefer real trees or artificial trees, there's nothing like a beautifully decorated tree to really get you into the Christmas spirit. Don't you agree? Like, you just see the trees and, you know, I know some shopping centres, it's October and you're like, far out, too soon. But there's nothing like a tree. You know, we spend a ton of time, care, energy, even money to make these trees beautiful. And uh, they're beautiful for a few weeks. But after that, the tree gets tossed back into the nearest attic or maybe it's the bonfire if it's the real tree. Uh, So I want to talk about what fades versus what lasts. You see, Christmas trees are one of the many things that we put a lot of energy and time and effort and affection into, but the benefits only last for a short time. You know, the same is for our Christmas dinners. Who's pumped for Christmas dinner? Most people are excited about a family meal or something like that on Christmas Day. Maybe your Christmas presents, uh, Christmas cookies, Christmas spirit. Uh, One of the reasons the Christmas season is so special is that it's also temporary. It's only here for part of the year. But even though the Christmas season doesn't last forever, there are plenty of things that can last long after the holidays end, like the memories with family, the relationships built, the gratitude, the thankfulness for what's been shared. This is even true when it comes to Jesus. You know, for many of the people in the world, the only time each year that we think about the significance of Jesus' birth is Christmas time. Like I said, the world gets that little glimmer. You know, you watch your carols on TV and it's full of marketing and all this, but just slotted in there are still those traditional Christmas carols singing about the Saviour's birth and it might just prick someone's attention. Uh, You know, people might thank God for the miracle that Jesus was born while it's fresh on our minds at Christmas time, but then spend the rest of the year perhaps forgetting just how incredible it is that our Creator chose to humble Himself and come to earth and rescue us. I'm still humbled by that to this day, and I've been a Christian since age 17, and uh, it just blows me away what Jesus has done for all of us. So today I want to challenge us to find a new way to thank God for the miracle of Jesus' birth, not just today, but long after the Christmas music fades and the decorations come down and we move on into 2021. So, uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been introduced to the stories of Mary and Joseph. They're here. Let me just grab them. I'll pick the right ones this time. (laughs) Mary and Joseph. I've picked the right ones, right? I hope so. So, Mary and Joseph, we'll just put them there for a minute, and uh, we will see that on the first Christmas, Mary and Joseph, we learnt in the first week of this series, they gave up their comfort. It was anything but comfortable the first Christmas when Jesus was born, from riding on a donkey to giving birth near stinky animals to uh, needing to flee to another country because they're being hunted down. Uh, it wasn't comfortable. And uh, this Christmas, I challenged us all, how could we do the same? How could we give up our comfort? How could we maybe set an extra seat at the table and invite someone in? You know, it's awkward, it's not comfortable because you've got your plans set and everything. But, you know, what if you were to open up your home to someone at Christmas time? But, but then we talked about last week, we'll put Mary and Joseph back and we'll grab, uh, where's the guy with the lamb? There he is. That's who I mucked up last time. <laughs> And we got his sheep here too. He's got two. 
Uh, we talked about shepherds, didn't we? And uh, the first Christmas, they gave their stories. God chose a lowly shepherd to be the first ones to hear of the good news and meet the saviour of the world. They were the first ones chosen. Now, shepherds weren't really uh, embraced in society. They were smelly, working with animals. They were dirty. They worked long hours. And uh, they just didn't get to be with the upper echelon of society because of the position that they had. But God chose them to share the greatest news story for all of mankind. And this Christmas, how can we do the same? We all have a story, don't we? We all have a story of how Jesus rescued us, made a difference in our life. You know, maybe that was 20, 30 years ago, but we all have a story of what Jesus has done to us this year. I'm sure if we went around the room, everyone would have something on their lips that they could be thankful to God for. So what's your story? And how can you share it to be a blessing to someone this Christmas? So the shepherds couldn't help but spread the good news about Jesus to everyone they encountered. And, and there was no way they could keep such good news to themselves. And I hope that's the same with you, that the good news that you carry inside of you, you can't contain it. You've got to, you've got to tell someone about how good Jesus is this Christmas. But look, there's a few other people in history that we're going to look at today. They came to see baby Jesus shortly after he was born. And you may have heard of the three wise men, I'm sure. Three wise men, yeah? Trevor's, Trevor has. Everyone's heard of the three wise men, right? Yes, yes. oh, there you are. You're awake. Good. Uh, the three wise men from Christmas carols, nativity sets, you know, one, two, three. We've got three there. And, uh, and we don't know much about the wise men. Here's what we do know. We know that they followed a star in the night sky to find baby Jesus. We know that. We know that they brought in gifts that carried a lot of significance. And we know that their story... Can we get the lights? Because I'm about to show a video. We know this, that their story probably didn't happen like this. Let's make sure the volume's up too. Friends! Ah, Jaspis! So good to see you again. We were just preparing to depart to Bethlehem to visit the manger. Forgive my truancy. Even as a wise man, it proved difficult to find the perfect gift for the Prince of Peace. Ah, yes. And what gift did you choose, Jaspis? I desired something both precious and unique. So I traveled through Egypt for three months to the land of Punt and found a bottle of frankincense. Oh, perfect gift indeed, Jaspis. <laughs> I too traveled far to the Arabian Peninsula, nearly losing my life in exchange for a bottle of myrrh. How glorious. <laughs> Brothers, I have a confession to make. I'm afraid that my gift did not require a long journey. But verily, I did sell all that I own to procure this gold for our Lord. <gasps> Balthazar, most <laughs> impressive. Yes. <laughs> Doron, I nearly uh, forgot about you. What have you found for Almighty One, even the King of Kings? Well, uh, I decideth to be a little more practical in my gift selection, so... Don't judge. <laughs> of course not, Doron. I'm sure that you spent many years selecting a humble yet appropriate item. Yes. Yes, that is, yep, sure did. <laughs> well, we better head out, brothers. <laughs> Show us the gift, Doron. Is it just me, or, or is the star starting to look a little dimmer? You know, we, we should get going. <laughs> Show us the gift, Doron. All right, fine. 
But remember, we all agreed beforehand on a 10 shekel limit. And none of you followed that. Relax, Doron, for it is not the price that is important, but the thought that- I got him a gift card. <sighs> That's great. Yes, <sighs> yes. Why did I put this off until the last minute? This is like the least wise thing I have ever done. I'm sure it'll be fine, Doron. No, no. You guys always do this to me. You remember last year at the Wiseman White Elephant Gift Exchange? You brought an actual white elephant. How was I supposed to compete with that? I'm sure your gift will get used eventually. Yay, yes. uh, yeah, perhaps Joseph will use it to buy a new tool belt. Yes. Tool belt. Or as a re-gift. Uh, um, but, but in any case, brethren, we must depart. No, I can't show up to the manger with this. Mary's gonna be like, gold, frankincense, myrrh, gift card? Okay. Wow, what a perfect gift for my sons, AKA the most important person ever. Settle down, Doron. Just make sure that you give it with- Even the, the shepherd boy is gonna one-up me with a cute, adorable baby wolf hat he made. Man, they're gonna call me a fool man after this. Look, I'll tell them we went halfsies on the merge. Trust me, he'll know that we didn't, okay? I mean, I just gotta pray that this gift is good enough to- Wait, this expires 1 AD. That's today! I gotta come up with something else, out of my way! What are we going to do, Jaspers? They're expecting four gifts. You need a fourth gift, you say? Take the little drummer boy. Get out of here while Doran's distracted. Yes. Go. Go. Hey guys, I did it! The perfect gift for guys? Guys. Hey. Oh, I see how it is. So you're the three wise men now, huh? Yeah, like that'll catch on. Y'all gonna miss me. I'm pretty sure the story didn't happen like that, but anyway, it gave you a little laugh. You know, there's a lot of pressure when you're looking for the perfect gift for someone special. And we all have someone in our lives that makes us think, well, what can I give that will really show them how much I care? You know, it's hard enough to find the perfect gift when the special person in your life is maybe your mum, a friend, a relative, your dog. Like, that's serious, what, you get your dog. Uh, but imagine how hard it would be to find a gift for a baby who would someday become the most important person to ever live. No pressure, but uh, I just don't think gift cards are going to cut it to you. Uh, so, if Jesus was born today, and I'm looking for some responses, if he was born today, I mean today, not back then, today, what would you give Jesus? Come on, someone, don't be shy. I need some input. What would you give him? Your heart. That's the very spiritual answer. Well done, Maureen. Hey? Nappies. That's very practical. A gift card. <laughs> Someone else. What would you give him? Your worship. Brilliant. What would you give him? Accommodation rather than in a stinky barn. Yeah, that's good. What did you say? Internet. <laughs> give him an internet connection. So you can Instagram it. Hey, baby JC, right in the house. Take a photo. Okay. Well, there's a few thoughts. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Baby formula. Baby formula. That's important. They need, it needs, needs to be fed. All right. 
We're going to talk about the gifts baby Jesus received in just a minute. But first, let's talk about these wise men, uh, who they really were, and what we might have gotten wrong about them. So we're going to um, read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. It's on the screen. It's in your notes if you're following along. Uh, So let's read it. It says this. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the region of during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, "Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him." Well, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, "Where is the Messiah supposed to be born?" In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. So since there are so few verses about the the magi or the wise men, There are a lot of things we don't know about the wise men. So here's what we don't know. Uh, We don't know how many of them visited Jesus. There could have been four. We don't know. It doesn't specifically say. But there are probably more than three, is what you could assume. We don't know their names, how old they were, or exactly where they came from. We don't know even how they learned about the star that guided them to Jesus in the first place. We presume that they read the prophecies and and, and, and etc. But here's what we do know. They were scholars, so they were clever. You know, based on their studies and readings, they understood that a king was going to be born and that he would change everything. Uh, So they were learned. They somehow knew how to find Jesus. They followed a star and travelling thousands of miles just to see and worship him. And and they brought gifts with them, really expensive gifts of the day. These men were important, they were wealthy, and they were intelligent But when they learned this new king had been born, they knew they had to go and honour him. Unlike King Herod, who immediately feared and hated baby Jesus because his position was in threat, the wise men responded to the new king with worship. I think you said that, didn't you? Go to the top of the class. (laughs) So how did these wise men worship Jesus? You know, did they play their favourite worship song from a Bluetooth speaker? Probably not, uh, back in those days. Uh, Did they sing to him? doesn't really say probably not though Uh, but here's what they did do Matthew chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 says uh, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary they bowed down and worshipped him then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and when it was time to leave they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod so When the wise men finally found Jesus, they honoured him by giving him incredible gifts. Gifts that meant something and gifts that were very significant. Now, I don't know anyone who'd say no to getting gold for Christmas. Anyone keen on some gold? Absolutely. But what in the world is frankincense and myrrh? Uh, Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Uh, Let's be real, none of these sound like baby-appropriate gifts, right? You, know, you, don't rock up, you don't rock up to the baby shower and go, gold, frankincense and myrrh for your child. Like, you just, you don't do that. Um, so, uh, true, these weren't very practical baby gifts. But 
what they lacked in cuteness, they more than made up for in purpose. So see, these wise men understood that this child um, that they were visiting was special. So the gifts that they brought were well thought out and special, designed to show him praise, glory and worship. All of the gifts the wise men gave to Jesus were precious and expensive, uh, but they were symbolic as well. So the gold is an extremely valuable precious metal. Duh, that's why you all want some for Christmas, right? Uh, This was a gift represented power. It represented royalty. It wasn't a gift you'd give just to anyone, but gold was definitely a gift for a king. And we all know Jesus is our king. Frankincense is a resin, kind of like a tree sap. I think you gave us some. So we've got some. Taken from the Boswellia tree. And uh, it was often used to make perfumes, parfums, perfumes, and it has medicinal uses as well. But even more importantly, this was often seen as a gift you would give to a deity. Well, in other words, frankincense was a gift for, for the gods, but in this case, capital G God. That's right. Uh, so the only God in Jesus' case. So that's frankincense. And then myrrh. Uh, myrrh, like frankincense, is a resin taken from a different plant. It was commonly used in perfumes, but this gift was significant because it was often used to prepare a body for burial. All of a sudden, all the boxes are being ticked, right? It's a strange gift for a baby because myrrh was a gift that symbolised death. The wise men didn't give Jesus meaningless gift cards or toys. They gave him gifts that meant something. So though their gifts, through their gifts... This is what they were saying. You are our king. You are our God. And we know you'll one day die to save us. Wow. How cool are those gifts? These gifts were more than just gifts. They expressed the wise men's trust in who Jesus was. Hence, that's why we know they were learned. Because not everyone knew. They were an act of worship. You know, with their gifts, the wise men gave Jesus their worship. They honoured him, they gave him their absolute best and communicated that he was worthy of their best, worthy of the long, exhausting journey it took to find him, worthy of everything they could give him and even more. These wise men were familiar with the prophets whose words are recorded in the Old Testament in the Bible. So it's likely they were also familiar with the words of Psalms, like this one, Psalm 150, verses 1 to 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Did anyone bring their ram's horn today? Praise him. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Uh, Praise him with, some people say Leah. Leah, liar. Tomato, tomato. Uh, Liar. I said it right, didn't I? Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Jan? Did you bring your timbrel today? Oh, well. <laughs> Praise him with strings and flutes. <laughs> Praise him with a clash of the cymbals. We won't do that today, people. It's all right. Relax. Uh, Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. We definitely won't do that today. Uh, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. I think you get the point of that psalm is to bring praise. You know, because the wise men understood that baby Jesus was God in the flesh. They understood that as long as they had breath, they were called to worship him. 
By giving Jesus gifts that were costly and meaningful, the wise men set an example for us. You know, we may not be rich like the wise men, although some of us are, and there's not really a way for us to give Jesus physical gifts, but as long as we have breath, we can give Jesus our worship. On the first Christmas, the wise men gave their worship. This Christmas, how could you and I do the same and give our worship to Jesus? You know, how exactly can we follow the example of the wise men? Now what? What does God want us to do about all of this? Well, what does it really mean to worship Jesus? I mean, the wise men could see Jesus in the flesh, bring him gifts, give him attention and affection, physical and practically uh, in, and, and in physical ways, because he was there. But the question is, what is worship? Worship is what happens any time we give honour to Jesus. Honour with our words, honour with our actions. It's about thanking him for what he's done and praising him for who he is. So how do we worship? What a great question. Because it's more than just singing songs, although I love that. You know, it may seem more difficult to bring worship to Jesus today because he's not physically here, but we have an advantage that the wise men didn't have, and, and that is we have a Christmas list directly from God, and we can find it in all the pages of Scripture of how we can worship him. We worship with our words. Not just our singing of lyrics, we worship with our words. We honour Jesus when we control our tongue and when we honour and praise people. You know, when most people think about worship, they think about music. Praising God through music is definitely part of worship and I'm so glad because I love it, in case you hadn't noticed. I love worshipping God with my guitar, whether it be here, whether it be in front of thousands, whether it be in my bedroom at home. It's just beautiful. Praising God through music is definitely a part of worship. And we're going to do that together in just a minute. But there's more to it than that. We can worship Jesus with our words by singing praise to him. Not necessarily a song, but opening up the Psalms and singing the Psalms to him. You know, the words of Scripture. Telling him thank you. Just thank you, God. We did that today during communion. Thank you so much for what you've done. We worship him by telling him how incredible he is. I often start my prayer times like that because, you know, you often find when you start praying, maybe you've just had a busy day and everything's chaotic in your head and whatever. So to bring focus, I don't go straight into, you know, God, this is what I need. But I just tell him who he is. You're almighty. You're faithful. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the name above every name. Nothing is too hard for you. You're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You're an incredible saviour. Uh, I'd be nothing without you because of everything that you've done. That's how I start. Telling him how incredible he is. Because he is. <laughs> so why not? You worship him by telling others about him. Like we talked about last week, sharing your stories. That's an act of worship. Sharing our stories of faith uh, with others can be our act of worship. And some people are very gifted at doing that. Some people are very nervous about doing that. But I reckon we can all do it because we all have a story. We all have something exciting that Jesus has done in our life that is going to bless someone if we'd let it out. Don't keep hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. Here's the other way we worship. With our words, 
And then we worship with our actions. We worship with our words and we worship with our actions. You know, the wise men worship Jesus with their actions by giving him gifts and bowing down before him. We can worship him through our actions. Here's just a few ideas. Letting go of the things that keep us far from him. That's a challenge for some of us. Letting go is the hardest thing that people of the world will ever do to be able to cling on to Jesus because they're clinging on to something they can't see. Holding on means I'm in control. You know, oh, I'll let go of this much, God, but I'm holding on to this. Worshipping God is letting go of the things that keep us far from him. Making time for him daily. Now, I'm not religious about this. You know, Anita shares a story of how she was under some teaching when she was a very... Um, I think it's teenager age, and they're like, you've got to be in your prayer closet four hours a day. And so people went home to struggle to do that. Uh, who's been in a closet for four hours? <laughs> she went home and she was determined. This is what I'm going to do. This is what the man says. This is what I've got to do. So she went home and she prayed up a storm. She named everything and every name and every person that she's been believing for and, and said all this stuff and, and, and told God how great he was and worshipped him and, and, and prayed for the world and did all this. And then, and then when she was finished, she looked at the clock and it was less than 10 minutes. <laughs> then what happens? Condemnation. Oh, I mustn't be a good Christian. I can't pray for more than 10 minutes. That's a lie. So I'm not here to tell you how long to do that for. But I am here to tell you, do it daily. If it's two minutes, I don't care. That's between you and God, but just do it. Make sure you do it. Making time for him daily. Choosing to obey him. I think Christians these days, no one in this room, we're, we're all brilliant, but Christians these days maybe read half of what the Bible says and go, well, I'll do that, but then I'm going to go off and do this. We've got to obey the word of God in its entirety because it is. It's a complete book. Oh, no, I'm a New Testament believer. Yeah, but the Old Testament has shadows of the New Testament. They all confirm each other. It's one holy book. So you can't discard one and, and go for the other. Choosing to obey him. It's hard. That's a daily thing as well. God, help me to walk in the steps you'd have me walk every day. Uh, loving and serving the people that he loves. And we just spent plenty of time today honouring you for doing that. You know, our community is full of people who need help, love, or a friend right now. And you can be there for them. Particularly this time of year, it can be challenging. I don't know if you follow our Facebook posts, some of you do. And I think the most recent one was in light of if you've lost someone near and dear to you this year, Christmas is hard. And so we're there for you to give you a COVID-safe hug when the cameras aren't looking. <laughs> To, to invite you over for Christmas lunch, to whatever it is, but being there for people, particularly ones that have lost a loved one, because that's hard. That's hard. When we use our actions and our words to give honour to Jesus, we follow the example the wise men set by worshipping him. So I know I've gone a little bit over time today. Are you with me for another five minutes? Is that all right? Everyone's relaxed. Poor Anita and Pete. Give them strength. <laughs> the kids. So what does this look like for you? This Christmas, how can you give Jesus your worship? I want you to reflect on that question because I'm going to play a song now and it's, I think it's reasonably loud from the start, Russell, just to warn you. I don't want to 
has a big hit at the start. We've sung it in this church before at Christmas time, but maybe just have it down and then ease it up. Uh, but I'd love it if we, could, if we could hit the lights again as well and uh, reflect on this question. This Christmas, how can you give Jesus your worship? Maybe stand with me and let's sing this song together as we come to a close. Father God, I pray for everyone here, everyone under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, we all have different ways 
that we can worship Jesus. And I just pray, Father God, that you would help each and every one of us, that you would speak to our hearts. How can we let go of our comfort, Lord God, just as Mary and Joseph did? How can we share our stories just like the shepherds? And how can we worship you in a way that pleases you? Lord, I just pray for every person right now that you would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would give us wisdom, and that you would help us to be a blessing this Christmas to somebody that you put on our heart that needs to know Jesus. May this church be filled with people hungry to know you because the church decided to speak up and share about their Saviour this Christmas. And so, God, I commit each person to you, and I ask you to bless them and be with them, lead them and guide them this week, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... There's one more thing I always do. And if you're in this place, the greatest worship you can give Jesus is the giving of yourself. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed and people uh, listening at home, if you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this Christmas, He's available to you. How do I do that? It's as simple as accepting who Jesus is, believing that He died and that He rose again so that you could be saved from your sin. He took the punishment for you. And then we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and invest our trust in Him. So if that's you, would you just lift up your hand and I would love to include you just in a prayer as I close out the service this morning. Maybe people at home are lifting their hands as well. We just want to pray with you with the choice that you're making, the great decision to follow Jesus all of your days. So dear Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that you did die on the cross to rescue us and we invest our trust our hope our reliance completely now in you we can't do life without you and so we admit what you've done we we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths you are lord you died and you rose again to save me and for that i'm so grateful and so lord i just pray right now people making that choice that you would just touch their hearts and lead them and guide them, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Gone a bit over time. I don't, that's normally a neater. I, I, I don't normally go over time. So bless you for being patient. We have morning tea now.